0: Do your actions align with what you seek to accomplish? Are you doing things or not doing things that undermine your stated goals? What are your big assumptions that affect how you behave? Are there hidden intentions that compete with your new habits and initiatives? This is Episode 28, How to Stay Accountable and Stop Self-Sabotage. Hello and welcome to The Incrementalist, a productivity podcast on making big changes in small steps. My name is Diane Williams, your productivity coach and host for the show. To gain traction and execute better on your goals, start with a 12-week action plan instead of a longer-term annual plan. Rather than wait an entire year to track progress and measure results, you do a formal review every 12 weeks And in the 13th week, you make a plan for the next 12 weeks. Listen to episode 27 for more on the 12-week year. You chunk down each 12-week period into a weekly review. Each week, you look back on what you accomplished over the past week and what you need to do over the next 7 days. Daily reviews and previews the night before or first thing in the morning help you to focus on your main task each day. In your review, you will consider the wins, the results, the desires, and the changes you want to make. What were your wins? What are you most proud of? What are you thankful for? What did you do exceptionally well? Where have you made consistent and steady progress? What were your biggest achievements and highlights? Second, what were the results of your actions? Did you finish the client project? Did you ship your work? Are you ready for tomorrow's big presentation? Next, what are your desires? What do you plan or hope to achieve? What drives your choices, decisions, fears, and excitement? Are you consistent on some important things, but not on others? What good habits do you want to build? What bad habits do you want to break? Finally, what are the changes you will make? Do you have a specific plan for how you will make these changes? Are you prepared for the obstacles and challenges you will face? Do you have a timeline for when you will execute on each step in your plan? Regardless of wins versus setbacks, doing a weekly review and having a 12 week or 90 day or three month action plan help you to stay accountable. No matter what's going on, you can regroup, reset, and get back on track with a compelling vision and effective plan. The tools you use don't matter as much as your habits and mindset. There are many project management apps like Notion, Todoist, and Trello, but a low-tech analog planner, journal, or notebook works just fine too. I prefer analog planning, but it does have drawbacks. Stick with what works for you, whether it's analog, digital, Or combination of the two. In the 12-week yearbook, authors Brian Moran and Michael Lennington lay out the main ingredients of a weekly routine. Score the week, plan the week, and participate in weekly accountable meetings. Wham! Keep score of your weekly execution, your behaviors, and your actions. Focus less on the results and outcomes or measurable goals you want to achieve. This week, how many sales calls did you make? How many referrals did you request from existing clients or past clients? What is the impact of your actions? Are they moving you forward, and to what degree? Is what you're doing effective? What is the percent of actions you accomplish? If you worked on the big proposal, 3 out of 5 days, that's a 60% score. Scorekeeping begins in week 2 of 12. You divide your 12-week goal into 12 weekly targets, whether linear or exponential. Linear growth involves a constant rate of change, while exponential growth occurs on an accelerated basis with passing time. Measure your lead and lag indicators. Lead indicators are key actions and tactics that produce results. They are activities you set for each goal. Lag indicators are end results you want to achieve. It's better to focus on lead indicators. For example, did you read for 30 minutes each day? Write for one hour in the morning? Exercise three times in the afternoon this week? You have less control over lag indicators. Like did you read one new book this week? Publish an article every month? Or lose the extra pounds? Good execution leads to good results. Scorekeeping measures your success and pinpoints areas of improvement. What was effective? What didn't work? Scoring builds self-esteem and confidence because it tracks progress and the results of your actions. You get to make necessary changes sooner than later. You gain more control of your actions to shape the results. Don't abandon your plan when you don't score well. Instead, Look at the execution of key actions. Review the number of sales calls you made instead of whether you hit the sales goals. If you complete 80 to 85% of key actions and tactics each week, you're more likely to meet the 12-week goal. If you're under 60 to 65%, it's time to sound the alarm, get help, and make adjustments. Commit to improve in smaller steps. If you're at 45% now, Aim to move up to 50%, not 80% next week. Use scorekeeping as a catalyst for change. Avoid ditching the plan or the scorecard when the going gets tough. Instead of bailing out, make use of the productive tension. Plan your week to manage the process. What are the key tactics this week based on the 12-week plan? Take 15 minutes on a Sunday evening, Friday evening, or Monday morning to make your weekly plan. I prefer Sunday evenings to get primed for the start of the week and to love Mondays. It's good to know my exact priorities before the phone calls, emails, and external obligations draw my attention. I'm winding down and heading into weekend mode on Friday evenings, and planning on Monday morning makes it just another manic Monday. Whichever day works for you, make a weekly plan and decide what actions you will take and when you will execute them in the week. Choose the essential few to execute with your action plan. Think about your vision every morning. At the end of your day, take five minutes to review and see how your actions aligned with your vision. Write down your tactical plan on paper or in a digital app if you prefer. Your weekly plan tells you what tasks and actions you should focus on this week. It aligns with your 12-week goals and vision. Everything else is secondary. I do not keep score in the way the 12-week year authors suggest. But I find the weekly plan to be key. I track my actions and progress in a tangible notebook. I set my priorities for the week and break them down into daily actions I do both a weekly review and a daily review. I look at whether I did what I said I would do, how long the action took, or why I did not take the action. Then I move the undone task into a future time block or I might drop it, defer it, delegate it, or move it off the priorities list. When you plan on paper instead of keep it in your head, you are 60 to 80 percent more likely to execute You might say a written plan is too restrictive or you're too busy to make one and you already know what to do. But not having a written plan allows you to avoid accountability. Value time for personal goals and strategic breakthroughs and not just for urgent daily tasks. The big ideas and systems you implement will serve your daily roles and responsibilities. If you're struggling with accountability You could organize and participate in a weekly accountability meeting. This means you meet with your small support group weekly for 15 to 20 minutes. Choose a regular time to meet by phone, video conference, or in person. Share your success, challenges, and last week's score. Accountability is not about negative external consequences or punishment for bad performance or rewards for good performance. It's about ownership. You own your thinking, choices, and actions. You don't blame others. You don't make excuses like being too tired or too busy. That could very well be true, but you do what's necessary to get back on track. You follow through and deliver on what you own. Don't have someone else hold you accountable. Take ownership where you aim to make an impact regardless of setbacks. To stay accountable, you stay committed. Commitment means you keep your promises to yourself and to others. Have a clear, compelling vision for what you want your life to look like. State your goals positively and specifically. Without a strong desire, it's harder to move through challenges and resistance. What are the breakthrough actions you will take In the different categories in the commitment wheel, whether it's spiritual, relationship, family, physical, personal, business, and community. Accept reality. No matter how productive you are, you will have unfinished work and undone projects. Working harder and longer doesn't mean you will get everything done. Be strategic about what you do and when you do them. Keep intentional imbalance because trying to cover all domains of life will not create what you want. You won't benefit much by spending time in all areas at once. Be more intentional about where you invest your time, energy, and attention. Consider the seasons of life, your circumstances, and your own definition of success. Make sure your work and business align with your personal core values. Your emotional connection to your vision makes it easier for you to move through discomfort, fear, and uncertainty. Define clear key actions to reach big goals. What will make the greatest impact? If you're fatigued and want to increase your energy, you could implement better sleep habits, do yoga daily, take morning walks, and switch from junk food to whole foods. These are catalysts for good habits. Count the cost. What is the commitment or opportunity cost? What will you give up? What are the obstacles? When making a commitment, you have stated intentions and hidden intentions. They can conflict with each other. Let's say you intend to ask for referral each time you complete a consultation or sign on a new client or win a client's case. You don't do it because you feel uncomfortable or awkward. You think you might seem needy or pushy. If you want to go biking in the morning, are you willing to wake up earlier and give up the long walks? If you want to eat healthier, are you willing to cut down on the tasty sugary foods? If you want to delegate more, are you willing to give up on some perfectionist standards and sense of importance? If you want to become a manager or leader, are you willing to take full responsibility and ownership. Act on your commitment, not your feelings. Follow through on promises or renegotiate. It's better to say no upfront than to say yes and fail to follow through. This might be uncomfortable to do, but it saves time and preserves the relationship over time. Overcommitment creates disappointment. You make implicit and explicit commitments. Your positions and roles lead to implicit commitments. Your statements and promises lead to explicit commitments. Are you delivering on them? Could you improve? If you're not able to follow through, renegotiate the timeline and criteria, or exit gracefully and give the opportunity to someone else when possible. Greatness is in the present moment, If you do the hard things you need to do now, your effort will pay off in the long run. Your interest and commitment may wane as your new actions become more routine. Keep going as the cost of change gets lower and your capacity for the next step builds. Choosing the key actions, protecting time to do them, and syncing with your natural rhythm to move comfortably out of your comfort zone are part of the incrementalist approach. Change is often hard. There is inertia and resistance. Knowledge and insight can be powerful, but they don't always lead to positive change in behavior or actions. In the book, Immunity to Change, co-research and authors Bob Keegan and Lisa Leahy explain that competing commitments make it harder to unlock full potential in yourself and your organization. Your personal beliefs, combined with the organizational culture, create a strong immunity to change. If you have competing commitments, the stated intention must be stronger than the hidden intention, or you can reconcile and align them to make deliberate choices. Conflicting commitments make up the immune system, which protects you and sustains life. But you could also become immune and resistant to things that would make you stronger and your life better. This is the immunity to change. Even if your stated commitment is real and sincere, you still have to take the bigger picture into account. This includes uncovering hidden commitments. Let's say your improvement goal is to become a more confident speaker who will speak up when she disagrees with the group. But you do not speak up. You second-guess yourself, and you beat yourself up for not voicing your opinion. If you find this to be self-sabotaging behavior, why do you do this? Maybe you feel fear, anxiety, discomfort, and worry. You're afraid you might sound stupid, or the group might judge you negatively, or you might become an outcast. You want to keep the peace. You want to maintain group harmony. Competing commitments will prevent you from reaching the improvement goal. It's like you have one foot on the gas and the other on the brake. Or it's like when you're sailing a kayak at sea. Instead of going with the current or hitting the resistance straight on, you're slightly off to the side. You're not in flow and you're not tackling the resistance head on. So the current just works against you. Competing commitments are for self-protection and self-preservation but they undermine your ability to accomplish other goals and to implement necessary change. They're not trivial. If I declare that I will bike for 30 minutes every morning, I will be giving up another thing. Maybe it's time to be with my family, read a good book, do yoga, or sip a cup of tea. You need to uncover hidden intentions, internal contradictions, and big assumptions to develop the capacity to change. The real question is, do you really want to change? Maybe yes, maybe no, maybe later. But if there's something you really want to accomplish now, start with a compelling vision and a clear 12-week action plan. They will help you do the vital few even if you don't feel like taking action or lack the motivation. It's not lack of intellect, ideas, information, talent, hard work, or network that stops you from reaching your goals. Knowledge is useless unless you use it to take action. You have more ideas than you can implement and more knowledge than you can apply. Lack of execution is what prevents you from doing better or doing your best. You can improve execution consistently and incrementally without overwork and overwhelm. Fear, doubt, worry and other types of discomfort are natural. Taking small steps in a 12-week year is more effective than making big leaps in a 12-month year. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends, relatives, colleagues, and networks who would appreciate it as well. And to help grow the show, subscribe and post a 5-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. You can find me at DianeWilliams.com to ask about productivity coaching or to suggest a topic idea for the show. Thank you for tuning in and join me again next time on the Incrementalist Podcast.